And meanwhile, I have never owned a dishwasher in my entire life. All right. Do they have those there? Hello, pod people, and welcome back to another episode of Big Bad Nonsense. I, as always, am your fluffy and cuddly host of the show, Sock, sitting here with my fellow co-host, Biscuit. What's up, motherfuckers? You ready for some jokes? We're gonna be like... Does that mean you have a joke for us? Nah, I didn't do one last time and you didn't even say anything, so I'm like, I'm just not gonna do it anymore. Well, let's start it off like this. Biscuit, say something positive. I got a new dishwasher. You've got a new dishwasher, and we are happy for you. Do you have a new computer? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) <laughs> uh, okay, so I I just Googled something real quick. I don't have a joke, but I do have something that's on a list of the worst Tinder pickup lines ever. So we're going to do that. Okay. If you rearrange the letters of coronavirus, you get carnivorous, which makes sense because I want to spend 14 days in quarantine eating you out. That is the... Why do people make pickup lines? That like I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say that one didn't work. I, I'm gonna go ahead and say that none of them ever work. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's why they're always working on coming up with new ones because they don't work. Biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take the joke aspect in a new direction here. Uh, I'm here for it. Okay, I have a book. Is it a book that I've read out of? Uh, no, it's not a book that you've read out of. Okay, so regular listeners will know that Biscuit used to have a, a big book. What was that book called? It was like a thousand adult jokes or something. It's something that was just woefully unfunny. Okay, well, uh, it, it, yeah, it was like something like a thousand adult jokes, and then Biscuit lost that, and now we don't typically have jokes at the beginning anymore. But I found a book. <laughs> we typically don't have jokes at any point during the episode. <laughs> But I have a book here, and Biscuit, it is a joke book that I would like to give our listeners a little bit of background before. I actually think that I've sent you pictures of pages from this book before. Uh, Tell me if you remember it or not. This was many years ago that I sent them to you, but I found it among my personal effects. The, The title of the book is called Joe Jokes. Do you, do you recall what I'm talking about? I sure don't. Okay. What it is, is this is written by uh, Jozef Kovac, who is a Slovak guy. And what he did was... Joe. He, yeah, Joe, exactly. And uh, he collected a bunch of quote-unquote Slovak jokes, which he printed in both Slovak and English. And the translation went very well? I can guarantee you... That th- this book here, just looking at the inside cover, hang on a second, printed in 2003, and Joe clearly doesn't speak English, and I guarantee you that he must have used Babblefish to translate this. That's going to say, just like type the entire thing into Google Translate? Well, that's the thing. Back in 2003, Google Translate wasn't really around. It was, it was all about Babblefish. And I know that you remember how terrible Babblefish was. Yeah, I also remember, um, what was it? Wasn't it just called, like, Bad Translator that you put something in, it would translate it, like, 25 times through random languages? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a website, but that website was putting it through Babblefish, right? So it would take your thing and it would translate it multiple times so you wouldn't have to, right? For, For listeners who don't remember what Babblefish was, it was like... This online translating thing, think Google Translate, but like the early, the beta version. And it, it was, was like the Yahoo Answers of translation. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good way of putting it. Like basically, if you typed in the words like my watch has a light so I can tell what time it is uh, at night and translate it into Spanish and then back into English, then suddenly it says, you know, my light can see through time and darkness or something like that. Yeah, watches did 9-11. You're like, (laughs) that's not what I said. Okay, so the end result here is that Joe has published, and this is a published book. This is an actual published book. I actually found it on Amazon where they had uh, Slovak, English, and German. Uh, This one only has Slovak and English, but this is a published book. I can see the price in the back here. It cost 69 crowns when I bought it originally. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. I knew you would love that. Uh, which is probably about maybe three euros in current money because we don't have crowns anymore. But we're going to look at some of these hilariously translated jokes. But Biscuit, I need you to choose a topic because this is all divided into topics, okay? So your choices are business, school, religious, doctors, marriage, police, children, pub, he, she and he, or another? Uh, I know two that I like. We'll start with pub. We're, you're going to start with pub. Okay, let me flip to that. Hold on. The page just says, <laughs> Okay, this book is not indexed very well, so it's going to take me a second to flip to it here. Ah, oh, all right, so I got a stall. Okay. It's a pub joke, isn't it? Oh, you got it? Okay. Yeah, I got it already. Okay, okay, okay. So oh, I, thank God. I'm just going to read the first joke off the pub page. Okay, so here we go. John asked the visitor in the cowboy quarter, How much is five and five? Ten. Immediately ring out the shot, and visitor fell on the floor dead. Why have you shot him? He knew it too much. <laughs> he, he knew he was too good at five plus five, so he killed him? I think that's what it means. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll be honest, I'm looking at the Slovak version, which is written in proper Slovak. Uh, it doesn't make sense in Slovak either. I was going to say, like, reverse engineering that, that can't be what it was. Well, I mean, well, that's the whole point of this, isn't it? Um, give me another pub one. Uh, one more? Okay, we'll do one more. All right. So here we go. Waiter, you have empty glass. I bring you one more. Guest, and what shall I do with two empty glasses? <laughs> so the jokes, he's drinking it fast. <laughs> Man, what a scene that would be. Can you imagine? Well, I, th I think... <laughs> I think the joke here from looking at the Slovak version is that the, the, the guest thinks that the waiter is going to bring him another empty glass. If a waiter did that, I would be like, your tip just went up. That's funny. <laughs> Look, if I asked for a refill of Diet Coke and he just flung a glass at me, like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, that's a power move. <laughs> Okay, so that is our new book to progress through at the beginning of these. That is a first sampling of Joe Jokes, the horribly translated, um, probably with Babblefish jokes. And you can find this book online. It does exist online, so if anyone wants to go and grab themselves a copy, uh, don't. It's a good move by you, though, because we've now made it so there's a chance this segment might be funny. <laughs> Okay, so now that the opening segment is over, let's move on with the show. Goddamn right. Biscuit. What? Can we open up the mailbag? I sure hope so. <laughs> well, we've got two letters here today, and both from uh, repeat, list, uh, repeat writers. Is it John? One of them is John. Uh, the other one is actually Phil from the last episode. All right, well, I mean, thank God something's not John. <laughs> but keep listening, John. Tell your friends. <laughs> okay, so uh, Phil wrote back after your horrible performance in that geography test last time. I thought I did pretty good. I mean, I got Italy. <laughs> that's about all I got. Recognizes boot shapes. Yeah, that's great. Okay, anyway. But Phil here kind of came to your defense. He wrote back to say, uh, you know, that to be honest, uh, he didn't think that he would have been able to find Slovakia on a map either. Yeah, I mean, who the hell has? Okay, my retort to that is uh, that, Phil, you are not my co-host. Well, I mean, point counterpoint, who... I mean, who can say, really? But, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, Phil's got my back, so, you know, you guys, you lack of dishwashers. <laughs> All right, would you like to hear John's letter? Not really, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, he just said, uh, recommend some music. That's all he wrote. He, he keeps doing this, like, both of us, me... You. Well, we can both do it. Why don't you start? Uh, Bumpin' Uglies, if you like uh, smoking some weed, they're pretty good. All right. The Escape's a good one. 
They got a lot of good tracks. Play all of them. They're great. There we go. Uh, I just uh, bought new head. You, you never asked me if I had anything positive to say, but I do. I just bought some new headphones. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I'll be fine. Uh, but I just bought some new headphones, and I got the most recent uh, Godspeed You Black Emperor album, and it is amazing. And I am so glad that I got new headphones to listen to it. Great combination. I definitely recommend it to anyone who is a fan, or even people who aren't a fan. Like, it, Godspeed You Black Emperor is a great band. Yeah. I, I agree. I have no idea who they are, but I trust you. <laughs> uh, most people have no idea what I'm talking about when I start talking about the music I listen to, but it's fine. I can tolerate it. I mean, most people don't know Bumpin' Uglies either. I got turned on to them, like, what, a year, year and a half ago? Uh, it's, I, it's fun, hippy-dippy shit. I'm pretty sure that you mentioned them on the podcast before, and when you did, I checked them out, and they're they're great. Yeah, it's good time stuff. Like, nobody's going to get into, like, a bar fight when that's on. No, that's true. That's definitely true. Okay, so with that, uh, and thank you, John, for not writing any Steven Seagal shit. Uh, we still have that episode coming on Steven Seagal eventually. Uh, and, uh, it's coming right now. That's what we're doing today, John. No, it's it's not. It's really not. Uh, okay. Don't, don't get his hopes up. It's coming right now, John. D- don't, don't get his hopes up. <laughs> I just like to build them up and knock them down okay okay uh so reminder to all our listeners bigbadnonsense at gmail.com that's our email address you can write to us just whatever question you want we don't we don't care like we we really don't have a lot of email coming in so whatever you write to us we'll we'll read it like do you have like a birthday request or anniversary request uh biscuit can make fun of you for it yeah and you can tweet us because that's the only Twitter I got now because fucking Jack banned my actual one. Yeah, so and you want to talk to the Bisky, just tweet us. Yeah, and you're doing wonderful things with that. Like there was like a three-hour stretch where it was nothing but Benghazi mashups or something. Yeah, and like telling Tom Wilson fans to go fuck themselves. And that's pretty much all I've done so far. But, you know, hit me up. Twitter at Big Bad Nonsense if anyone wants to tweet us. Yeah. And let's move on with the show. Clearly do not. Let's move on with the show. Okay. Biscuit. What? Drugs. Love them. Yeah? Yeah. All of them? Uh, No. No. I mean, just really the one. Which one? Smoke weed every day, motherfuckers. <laughs> Biscuit, how easy is it to get drugs? Easier than it should be for a lot of them. Um, it's really, it's who you know. I mean, I work in food and bev, so for me, I, I know like 10 people that can get whatever you want right now. Well, there you go, right? If you need some weed, it's fairly easy to get. If you're not one into illegal substances, uh, getting a bottle of alcohol is as easy as finding someone who is 18 here or 21 where you are. Yeah. I mean, when there's a will, there's a way. Okay, so all you need basically is like some cash in your wallet and a hookup. Yeah, they typically they don't like uh, accept credit cards. So yeah, cash, you're going to need that. Okay. Uh, would you ever think that you would need to murder someone in order to get high? I mean, it's happened, but I mean, from my experience, no, I do not require that. Could you imagine... I'm right now. <laughs> Could you imagine needing to murder more than one person to get high? I mean, I I wasn't a big fan of one, so still no. I'm, what I'm, about... I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out there. I am anti-murder. Do you know where I'm going with this biscuit? Not really. Okay, so for listeners who didn't tune in... What the hell was that? I was... No. Okay, (laughs) go ahead. (laughs) For the listeners who haven't listened to our last episode where we started talking about QAnon, that's what we're we're continuing to talk about today. Uh, And that uh uh-huh sound from Biscuit seems to me that he knows what I'm about to discuss. I'm getting closer to it, but I mean, I I yield the floor to the expert. Okay. Now, one of the things 
that QAnon is big on is adrenochrome. Have you heard this word before, Biscuit? I think it's a sex move. <laughs> Have you seriously not heard of adrenochrome before? No, no. <laughs> okay, well, you do know from... Adrenaline-related. It, it is adrenaline-related. Actually, that's very perceptive of you, okay? <laughs> not, not really. It's pretty obvious. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, last last episode, we were talking about QAnon. That was part one. This is the part two of our QAnon discussion. And we're going to get into some of the more nitty-gritty stuff that QAnon believes. Last time, we were talking about the whole idea that QAnon believers that believe that there is a deep state, a secret cabal, uh, a network of elites who... Uh, are basically Satanists and murder children. Yeah, I mean, you gotta drink their blood. That's how you keep going. There we go. Now, this is where we get into the blood drinking thing. So, one of the explanations that... Uh, yeah, now I remember. I just forgot that was what the... Yeah, all right. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. I'm more with you. The, the blood drinking thing. Uh, one of the claims of the QAnon followers is that these people in murdering children, in keeping them in these dungeons and things like that, from these children, they are harvesting a substance called adrenochrome, which they claim that these Satanists, members of the cabal, elites, uh, child abusers, and things like that, are using to get high. See, I had simply forgotten the name of it, because as soon as I heard it, I was like, well, that's the dumbest shit I'm going to hear in a minute, and I just, like, phased it out. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is kids, it'll get you amped up. <laughs> it is, in fact, a real chemical, which you may or may not be surprised to know. Adrenochrome is a real thing. <laughs> the first time anything Q has said is. <laughs> but that is about where it stops. Like, outside of adrenochrome actually existing, there is not much real about this. You're saying eating kids isn't good? <laughs> <laughs> Let me give a little bit of a background explanation of adrenochrome. So what it is, is when adrenaline oxidizes, it produces this chemical called adrenochrome. So basically, uh, adrenaline traveling through your bloodstream will gradually oxidize and change its state slightly and convert itself into this chemical. Now, it is very easy and incredibly cheap to synthesize in a lab. Which would um, make... Uh, killing children for it um, unnecessary that is the logical conclusion that you should immediately come to if it is so easy and cheap to produce in a laboratory with regular chemicals why on earth would you need to harvest it from children yeah I mean it seems like a really unnecessary step that I mean will make people very upset yes exactly now a lot of the mythos behind adrenochrome is precisely that. It's a mythology. Uh, if you've ever seen the film Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas or read the book, uh, you will hear Hunter S. Thompson talk about adrenochrome, and he describes it as such, that the only way to get it is from an actual living human being. Now, this is something that Hunter S. Thompson made up for his book. It's completely fictional. They knew this, like, uh, Hunter S. Thompson is not a credible reporter on these things. He made stories that were entertaining and fun to read. Yeah, and I was, when you said Fear and Loathing, going to mention his name just to prove that I knew something. But you kind of stepped on my toe there. <laughs> but I knew, who, I knew who wrote that. Have you seen the film? I have not seen the film. I have read the book. Okay. You, oh, you've, oh, now I'm impressed, right? Now I'm impressed. <laughs> Ah, don't be too impressed. <laughs> well, I mean, like, out of all the things that you have not seen, right, like, that would be just one more thing that, like, lots of people have seen that you haven't that we could add to the list. But you've actually read the book, which I would say most people who have seen the film have not. Yeah, I mean, it was pitched to me like, this guy drives around and does a shitload of drugs. And I was like, all right, that might be fun. And that's what I took from it. Okay, well, from it, uh, the QAnon supporters have taken the fact that there is this drug, adrenochrome, that exists. People take it to get high, and the only way to get it is from a living human being. So, that is not true. You can synthesize it in a lab. Uh, and the other thing about it is that it will not, in fact, get you high. Well, uh, that's going to be very disappointing after you, like, 
murdered a child and like you don't even get a buzz off of it <laughs> you're like man i fucked up well here's the thing i did some digging around and i did this with the help of like uh you know these drug sampling websites i don't know if you've ever heard of arrowid yes okay so arrowid if i'm gonna do a biscuit tangent here mm-hmm. um if you ever want to read some depressing shit pick like heroin or crack or whatever in the story section and go the train wreck ones. <laughs> oh. Wow. Because, uh, like, all the drugs on there, like, people write their experiences on them. They're categorized. Like, some are like, had fun. Some are like, was okay. Some are like, not great. Some are like, woke up, my husband was dead. And mm-hmm. it, it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, so for listeners who don't know, Arrowid is essentially like a drug story website where you go into different categories of drugs and you can post your experience on it so other people can read it and get an idea about what the drug will do to them. So as Biscuit already mentioned, you can see like excerpts from like, you know, heroin or methamphetamine or something like that. So I went on there to see if I could find anyone who has done adrenochrome. And I only found one entry which looked credible. Seems high. (laughs) Uh, this guy basically he took adrenochrome uh, in various different formats like under his tongue he smoked it and stuff like that Uh, the person who wrote it definitely sounds like they know quite a bit about chemistry so it sounds like someone who knows what they're doing anyway uh, he basically described it as blurring his vision a bit but not really a high and not really something that you would ever bother with. Yeah, I mean, that's a great pitch if you're, like, slinging on the street. You're like, man, I got something that'll make you see like shit for a bit. <laughs> oh, boy! Now, obviously, the reason more people haven't tried adrenochrome is probably because why would you bother when there are so many cheap and inexpensive drugs out there on the market that are guaranteed to get you high, whereas this is just some random chemical, which probably isn't very good for you. Yeah, I mean, just smoke weed, man. Like, I do it every day, and I turned out mediocre. Anyway, I wanted to see... (laughs) You're like, eh, that's a pretty good rating of yourself. (laughs) I I gave myself a B, and you would have given me, like, a C plus. (laughs) Uh, Let's say B minus. Ah, thank you. Okay. Anyway, what I did was I took the dosage that this guy had posted on Arrowid, and I wanted to do some calculations just to see, you know, how much of this dosage would actually, you know, come, like, what does it compare to what the actual human body produces? So on Arrowid, he was talking about using 100 milligrams of adrenochrome in various different formats. Now, when you first said it, I thought... Because he said I took this dosage, and I thought you, like, snorted some. Uh, I think he did snort it, actually. No, but I thought you meant you did. Oh, no, 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 no. I took this dosage. (laughs) I did a little research. (laughs) I wanted to compare what the human body produces and how much of that would take to make this dose that this guy took. And do you want to guess... What I came up with. I'm guessing he like accidentally microdosed. Like it was a pretty low amount. No, 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 no. Like he took like what I would say is like a normal dose. Like it would be like dropping a pill or something like that. Okay. But basically from my research, like I looked to see how much adrenaline the human body produces. Now adrenaline breaks down into adrenochrome. So I wanted to see if you could actually get his dose from a human being. And after doing some calculations, it turns out you'd probably need about 36,000 adults to create the dose he took. All right. So, like, the uh, production cost on this one's pretty high if we're killing people. Yeah, basically. So they're saying that you, they're harvesting adrenochrome from children. And just to match the dose that this guy took, the one that didn't really make him high, it's, it just blurred his vision a bit, to match that, you would need to kill... 36,000 adults. If... Just to get, like, your vision fucked up, you need to, like, (laughs) wipe out a small town. Exactly. Like, could you imagine... Could you imagine how many children it would take? Um, sounds like all of them. (laughs) If 
they were really doing this as QAnon claims, there would be no children. No, there wouldn't be people. I think they, like, turn on the bones. (laughs) One of the other things that QAnon... Uh, also claims is that anything that contains epinephrine, which is the the marketing name for adrenaline, anything that contains adrenaline, so these things that, these epipens that people use for their allergies and things like that, if they have an allergic reaction, they claim that anything that contains adrenaline has been harvested from other humans. Uh, I mean, sometimes they say something that... I mean, you don't feel like you have to go further than being like, well, that's simply not true. Yeah, just as a kick, I went to look and see how many people it would take to fill an EpiPen if they were harvesting adrenaline from them. It would take 109 people to fill one EpiPen. (laughs) There's some secret liberal lab pumping these out, and they're like, we're going to need more planets. Anyone who is a student of history in our audience is going to recognize that this sounds a lot like blood libel. And I'm a student of history. So please explain what blood libel is. I mean, I would, but let's let you. You need the practice. (laughs) For those of you who are familiar with history, you might remember that there were ancient, not ancient, but like very old legends in Christian communities in the medieval era and even before then, claiming that Jews would murder their tr- Christian children to bake their blood into their <laughs> Passover bread. It always comes back to the Jews, doesn't it? It does always like come every back. every single stupid, completely wrong conspiracy, you're just waiting for the J word to come up. Precisely, exactly. Like every single one. That's really what it boils down to now. Like they might use different names like the cabal or the elites or like the insider Democrats or the deep state. But some of them are really picking up on it and they're saying, yeah, we know it's the Jews. Yeah, I mean, those are all code words for the Jews. Like those poor motherfuckers get blamed for everything. (laughs) Now, there's really no point in trying to argue and throw this evidence at a QAnon supporter. Like, I could tell them, hey, it would take 36,000 adults, you know, just to get high, or, like, barely high off a dose of adrenochrome. They're not going to buy into it. They always have their excuses. No, um, I'm going to steal from another podcast right now, because I was listening to a show the other day about a guy arguing on Twitter some cute guy put up like a Hitler meme that was like completely wrong. And he wrote back and was like, yeah, that's not right. And the guy said, I don't care if it happened or not. It's real. That's that's what you're dealing with. (laughs) This is what I don't care if it happened or not. It's real. (laughs) This is what QAnon boils down to. Okay. Now this is what actually, QAnon supporters boil down to because Q never makes any overt claim, right? Things like adrenochrome or like these pizza parlors and stuff like that are rarely or seldom or only just alluded to in Q posts. Just last time we were talking about Q posts, like let me just give you another sample of a Q post here. Let me read this. External advisory board, CIA, members during this time? Was Bill Barr a member of the board? What advantages might exist? A.G. Barr, re, member of external advisory board. What advantages might exist to Secretary of State, former director of CIA? It must be right. It must be according to the law. It must be proven. It's what you don't see. Durham is not the only game in town. So basically that guy, like, put people in Washington into Google and inserted a couple of names into something that says absolutely nothing. <laughs> he might have used Babblefish. Yeah, I mean, that that's how Q rolls. It's like 5% things that are so specific, it's impossible to research them, mm-hmm. and 95% stuff that you can apply to whatever you fucking want. Exactly, right? These are Like open- I said it before on here, it's like, no new Q drop. Something's about to happen. And then they're like, oh my God, something did. <laughs> Oddly enough, sometimes when he says something is going to happen, you'll find that nothing actually does. <laughs> oh, I mean, they'll find something. Yeah, usually it's like a, the something they they'll find. Be is... like, it was windy today. Q's right. Now, here's the problem with all of this, right? 
because these are these things like adrenochrome and like the fact that children are being harvested for their adrenaline and stuff like this. It's not ever overtly referenced in Q posts. These are things that just get rolled into the conspiracy and they might not even be important from one day to the next. Sometimes they go widely through all of these Q believers. Sometimes they rise and die in like one Facebook group and never see the light of day outside of that. But it's constantly evolving and changing. And the thing I'd like to point out is that if you were credulous enough to believe that children are being sacrificed so that they can be, that their blood can be harvested for a chemical that is easily creatable in a lab, if you were willing to believe that, what would your reaction be? What is the I logical. Mean, there, yeah, what, there, what is there's the, no talking to somebody that believes that. Well, precisely. Like, um, did you ever watch Multiplicity? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, it's like a guy that's like cloning himself to like help with chores and his wife and blah blah blah. And one time he accidentally clones a clone, and it comes out like a crappier version. Mm-hmm. It's like if you did that with Alex Jones like a hundred times, and you got QAnon. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Alex Jones is probably sitting at the bottle of barrel of the barrel with like uh, QAnon. I mean, even he's like these guys. Blah, blah, these guys are stupid. Blah. Yeah, but I think Alex Jones's issue is more with the fact that like people are leaving him and then going to these grifters in the QAnon field. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of done when he said he couldn't remember his kids' names because he had a big bowl of chili. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> Anyway, if you believe that children were being murdered for this, what would the next logical course of action be? I can't answer that question. I mean, logical conclusions do not apply here. (laughs) Okay, you understand what I'm getting at, though. If you think that this is happening, what are you going to do? Right? Like, what what is stopping you from getting all shooty? Like, from Uh, picking up the guns? Yeah, exactly. That's my point, right? You go to the gun store and you buy an AR-15, and they're like, what? Just one? Here, take a second. It's free. It's on the house. Like, precisely that. Like, if you think people are being murdered on this large a scale, what's stopping you from, like, going and, like, actually doing something about it, about, like, going into armed insurrection and actually, you know, stopping this thing it's like comet ping pong guy like he legitimately thought he was doing the right thing but now that's the problem here because this is where the QAnon grif- grifters get into an issue because the shooty people the take action people are a big problem for them because anytime that happens this negative attention comes to them and there's always going to be the possibility that, like, this violence could be traced back to them. Well, gee, I wonder why. I mean, you did it. Don't look at me. Anyway, so this is where we get into the whole notion of trust the plan. You'll hear this, like, uttered a lo- among a lot of QAnon supporters and the grifters. The grifters at the top will always say, trust the plan. Because they're... Oh, so the Philadelphia 76ers, like, yeah, we're going to suck for five years, but trust the process. <laughs> trust and they the, kept saying it. Trust the process. <laughs> anyway, they want you to trust the plan because they want to continue their grift. These people are sitting at the top of the QAnon heap. You're sending them money. You're giving them attention. And as long as you sit there and say, yeah, there's a guy who's going to do it all for us, you won't go and grab the guns. But... There's been several people who have been a problem for this because some people, they just can't let the murder of thousands of children go, go. Un- yeah. <laughs> Unavenged. I mean, if I thought that was happening, I'd be out there too. I'd be like, y- you gotta stop that shit. But, you know, I-, I would need it to have some basis in reality. Yeah, pretty much. But there's some people who need no basis in reality. So let's start with this. May 2018, Michael Lewis Arthur Meyer, which is too many names. Yeah, it is. It's like two people. (laughs) Filmed himself outside of a cement plant in Tucson. 
claiming that this was a child sex trafficking camp and no one wanted to talk about it and nobody wanted to do anything about it. Nobody wanted to talk about it because it's not there. Um, Johnny Four Names, what was it? Michael Lewis something something? Michael Lewis Arthur Meyer. I mean, I got half of it. That's better than we thought I'd do. He actually went on to the complex and took over a tower on the property for a full nine days. <laughs> he's looking at a bunch of cement mixing. He's like, I don't know how you're going to ship them in this. <laughs> like, do you drill breathing holes? Police negotiators eventually convinced him to give up. He was arrested for trespassing. <laughs> I mean, that's a polite way of saying it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can't arrest him for being a dipshit. <laughs> This episode of Big Bad Nonsense is made possible by Dishes in my brand new dishwasher June the same year, Matthew Philip Wright uh, Filled up his car, no, an armored truck He filled up an armored truck with an AR-15 and a handgun and then went and blocked the Hoover Dam. Yeah, fuck you, Dam. That'll show those liberals. Well, the Hoover Dam has a road going across it, right? So he's essentially blocking traffic from crossing this dam. Uh, again, that'll show him. Like, what statement is he making? Well, for 90 minutes, he was blocking traffic, uh, claiming that uh, they wanted the, uh, he wanted the Justice Department to release the OIG report. I'm going to go ahead and say that doesn't exist. Uh, it well, does. It's not the world that he thinks it does. Well, yeah, not in the way that he thinks he does. OIG is obviously the Office of the Inspector General. They make reports on all kinds <laughs> of things. Yeah. And uh, he, he thought that, you know, the FBI agents who were conducting the investigation into Hillary Clinton's private email server had more stuff. And basically, he wanted the report released so that people could see that. Uh, I'm sorry for forgetting the date. You said this was this year? Uh, no, this was 2018. Uh, still, okay. And he's still doing butter emails. <laughs> yes, this is, of course, after Trump is elected, too, right? He claimed he had been motivated by a Q drop, uh, and uh, he expressed very. He was actually disappointed in Trump that he has not honored his uh, his uh, promise to lock people up. I mean, I don't know if he missed it, but he didn't honor any of his promises. (laughs) Wright went to prison for seven years under terrorism charges. Okay, so he was Muslim. Because white people, we we don't call them terrorists. We say they, no, they he, have mental issues. He was a white guy. If if he was any other color, they probably just would have shot him on the dam. Well, I mean, good on him for calling it terrorism, at least. Yeah, there is that. About fucking time. I mean, it's sad that I can look at that and be like, progress is being made. Okay, James Comey. In 2019, you know who James Comey is, of course. Great guy. Yeah. Former director of the FBI. Uh, He was engaging in this Twitter trend, right, where people would post uh, about, um, what is it, five jobs I've had. Sure. Okay, right? Sounds great. So people, that's all the tweet was, right? Like you would retweet someone's tweet and you just say five jobs that you had had. That's fun. I mean, I I go participate, but Jack banned me. (laughs) Anyway, so he posted the jobs that he had had. Now, I don't have the list of jobs, but basically the first letter of every job that he had was GVCSF. Which is Q code for something dumb. Well, yes, they eventually like uh, established that this was code, right? Uh, they decided, the QAnon an- analyzers decided that this was in reference to the Grass Valley Charter School. Sure. I mean, why wouldn't you? <laughs> and also that the five jobs I've had was actually a hidden way of saying five jihads. I know you're looking for something, but that's just so alarmingly stupid. Um, so anyway, they I mean, just you're just doing that because you want to. It's not there. They decided that uh, these five jihads were going to be taken uh, on the Grass Valley Charter School Foundation when they had their Marble Jubilee, their Blue Marble Jubilee, which was like a fundraising event. So basically all these people... We're going to blow up these marbles! Allahu Akbar! (laughs) Several 
Several vid- vi- uh, vigilantes uh, descended on uh, Grass Val- the Grass Valley Charter School uh, Jubilee to protect it from a terrorist attack that they believe was coming based on this tweet that Comey put out. And how'd it go? <laughs> they decided to cancel it. Uh, the police said that was a good idea. Anyway, moving on. I just imagine your brain operating in a way that you get there. <laughs> Anthony Camello from New York in March 2019 murdered Frank Cali, who was an underboss of the Gambino crime family, claiming that he, Frank Cali, was a member of the deep state and he had to help put a, po- a stop to it. He was like, yeah, Frankie was a schmuck. He had it coming, eh? <laughs> he claimed All due respect. He claimed on his arrest that he was enjoying the protection of President Trump himself. And how'd that go? He attempted to put Callie under citizen's arrest. That didn't work. He killed him. <laughs> so, so not great. In court, he flashed the symbols MAGA forever scrawled on his hand and pen. Okay, so he's like the guy like yelling about the gold fringe and how it's not a real court. Yeah, something like that. But dumber. <laughs> Much, much dumber. Uh, he's in prison now. He'll probably be murdered there because he killed a, ma- a high-ranking member of the mafia. Yeah, I mean, that does make them upset. <laughs> in April 2020, Jessica Prim was arrested carrying several knives, knives after live-streaming that she was going to take out Joe Biden, who was a presidential nominee at the time. And I remember that day Joe was shot. Um <laughs> We miss him. Uh, She also claimed that she was trying to get on the U.S. Navy hospital ship Comfort, where she claimed that a cabal of pedophiles was using it to murder children. Uh, That was a ship that we used for COVID relief when we didn't really know what was coming yet. Yeah, we actually discussed Um, that in one of our episodes. It was, like, completely, like, selfless, like... A mobile hospital. And she's like, fuck that! That is so disgusting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As wildfires spread across large parts of the United States in September 2020, rumors started to circulate that Antifa members were actually starting the fires. Uh, Majority Taylor Green says it was a Jew laser from outer space. Oh, don't even get me started on that. She does. Yeah, I know. Okay. Um, She's a member of Congress, guys. (laughs) Anyway, God, this is fucking depressing. Keep going. Uh, Sorry, Daddy. Local police were pleading with people to stop believing in these false rumors. Uh, That didn't help when the misinformation was sort of pumped up by Trump and Attorney General Bill Barr. Yep. Um, Claiming, claiming, hold on, claiming that planes and buses... Claim, claiming that planes and buses full of Antifa activists were preparing to invade communities allegedly funded by George Soros. Yep, there he is. Every time. Uh, it's going to take generations to undo the damage that administration has done to the fucking American brain. <laughs> like, it is so bad. These people, of course, are a problem for the QAnon grifters because they want to stay at the top. They want to keep people perpetually in fear so they'll continue sending them money. When these people act out and get into shooty mode, which is something that, you know, you would expect of people who believe that children are being murdered in a hospital boat, uh, you, they often point out that, hey, we think this is a false flag organized by the deep state. You all trust the plan. Just keep coming with us. Yeah. I mean, QAnon, as much as anybody, like, they shoot their wounded. Like, the QAnon shaman, you know him. Like, mm-hmm. He was, like, the face of them until the insurrection. Then they were like, uh, he's Antifa. He was actually a double agent. Like, they will drop you without even thinking about it. Oh, yeah. They will throw them under the train. There's really only a few directions that any of these followers can go. What's going to happen is either they just trust the plan and they continue giving money and attention to these grifters at the top of the QAnon heap, or they become shooty and be declared as a false flag, or there's the third option. 
They become so disillusioned with the fact that QAnon keeps spouting all this bullshit and nothing ever happens about it that they get recruited by actual hardcore militias and white supremacist groups who say, would you like to actually really do something now? Yeah, like the Proud Boys and shit like that. Exactly. QAnon supporters who become disillusioned with the fact that nothing happens are fertile sowing ground uh, for these more extreme groups who will gather together, who will actually pick up arms and do things a little bit crazy. Yeah, they are people that... For a long time, they feel like everything's letting them down. They start at CNN's bullshit, that's let me down, yada yada Infowars, yada yada QAnon, and their delusion still isn't happening, so at that point, QAnon's fucking failing them. What else you got? And then you got these fucking idiots that go out there and add violence into the mix. You put it... I don't like... That's that's the stream of how it works exactly right there, right? There's no other way of saying it. It's like it's either going to funnel them into the extremists who will actively push for armed insurrection, it's going to funnel them into the grifters, or it's going to send them off to prison where they are written off as, uh, you know, some sort of plant or something like that. And um, important to remember, um, like, groups like Al-Qaeda and shit like that, this is pretty much how they do it. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, they just spin that wheel and people fall off as they spin it faster and faster. And at the end, there's a couple left that they're like, we still believe in you. And they're like, all right, so uh, grab this bomb vest and uh, off you go. It's the exact same fucking playbook. It's the same with any sort of extremism that, like, believes in some sort of, like, philosophy off the rails like here's the thing there is something wrong with the world we can't deny this the the world is fucked up like we're all working jobs that don't allow us to save enough money to retire the economy has not been fixed since 2008 and at any moment it could tank completely again wiping out the wealth of nations completely as well as like all of the ordinary people there is something horribly wrong with the way society functions but a bunch of blood drinking pedophiles in a pizza restaurant is not it no it's letting rich people with connections go unchecked for so long that like the government here in my country like i don't know if we're fixable it's so fucked and you just you don't overthink it. I mean, what's the saying, uh, doctors, that, like, they're trying to diagnose people, don't look for a zebra when it's probably a lion or some shit like that? Like, the easiest line to draw here is we let a bunch of rich assholes get out of control. Mm-hmm. It's not some secret cabal or anything, but people, they want something that makes it make sense. That if we get rid of that, everything's going to be okay. And that's how this happens. Mm-hmm. Is that they're just fucking looking for an answer, as batshit as it may be. Or even they're looking for the simplest answer. They believe the world has become too complex, when the reality is, is that that is life. Life is complex. The relationships between people are complex. Our relationship to the state and each other is complex. There's no getting rid of, you know, black oppression in the United States uh, by just saying that stop talking about it, that people have to address it. And then these protesters come out and they hate that because they're like, why can't you just shut up? Why can't my life go back to my happy little white person life I was living before? Yeah. Um, This was years ago, um, back when you and I partook on a certain message board. Um, I was going to a hockey game. And there was a protest in the street, and I ended up missing it because it was all clogged up. He couldn't fucking get there. And I, like, got all bitchy about it. And it was like it was a Black Lives Matter protest. I was like, I'm missing the hockey game. And I'm not there now. But I think a lot of people still are, that they're like, this discussion inconveniences me, so I'm not going to fucking have it. Mm -hmm. Well, that was thought-provoking, wasn't it? It was. I agree with you completely, right? Like, that is what... And it's... it's, You multiply it by a hundred, and that's what these people are feeling. Yeah, there's no end in sight. I mean, we just got a white cop 
sent to prison for killing a black guy for no reason, like, what was it, like two weeks ago? And that was like a huge victory, even though we all knew he did it. Shalvin, we were like, yep. still kind of watching, like, they're going to let him go for some reason. Uh, and you well, shouldn't have to feel that way. Yeah, keep in mind, he's appealed that decision. It could still happen. <laughs> and would you be surprised if it did? No, I would not. Not really. And that said, he fucking killed somebody. All right, Biscuit, uh, we're getting a little long here. I want to connect this episode just back to the last one that we did about QAnon, just to sort of wrap things up. When we finished last time, we were talking about the hijacking of QAnon. So if you recall, the people who supposedly ran the account seem to have had it taken away from them on 8chan. Do you remember this whole situation? Enough to talk about it, yeah. (laughs) Listeners, if you don't know what we're talking about, you're going to have to go back to our previous episode where we talked about the origins of QAnon, the grifters who started it, and apparently what happened is the actual QAnon account hosted on 8chan was stolen from the people who ran it by the moderators of 8chan. So now we're going to get into talking just a little bit about that. Biscuit, do you know much about the history of 8chan? I know it's not very good. Um, Lots of child pornography and lots of people that post like, hey, I'm going to go shoot a place up, and then they actually do. Uh, I, I would like to point out to listeners that Biscuit knows this just based solely on reputation. He is not a visitor of 8chan. I have not been to a Chan in probably 15 years. Yeah, and let's keep it that way, right? And visitors do not go bother checking it out. And if you... No, you are not missing anything. And and if you do, don't be our listener anymore. Yeah, like if you spend... I mean, I'll even go for Chan. You spend two minutes on there, you are going to see something that you wish you hadn't. <laughs> 8chan began back in 2013 by the man, uh, by the programmer Frederick Brennan, who started it because he was upset about the fact that uh, 4chan had banned any discussion of Gamergate. Which, it's not as dumb as QAnon, but it, it's like super misogynist QAnon. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, it's just misogyny. There's no even conspiracy theory behind it. It's just they're a bunch of misogynists who anytime they see yeah, a woman... They're just like, they see an article written by a woman, they're like, fuck you! Yeah, exactly. Okay? That's pretty much all of it. <laughs> anyway, he decided that uh, 4chan was too authoritarian and uh, not as free speech friendly as he would like, so he went and started 8chan. <laughs> I mean, 4chan, yeah, they run a tight ship. I can see you being upset. (laughs) Good God. Anyway, uh, after a while, 8chan became difficult for uh, Mr. Brennan to maintain, and uh, he caught the attention of one Ron Watkins, who brought up the idea of taking over the site to his father, Jim Watkins. Okay. Now, a little background on Jim Watkins. Jim Watkins is an American born in the 1960s. He went on to serve in the United States military uh, from the 80s until the 90s, where he worked as a mechanic. Uh, Eventually, the Army sent him to school to learn about computers. And isn't that fun? Uh, With his knowledge, he eventually started up his own pornographic websites. I mean, yeah, he... You know, he looked at a bunch of tanks as a mechanic who's like, I found the problem. It got blown up. I'm going to go make porn. (laughs) So basically, the army has trained this guy in using the Internet because they wanted more Internet capable people. And uh, he did that job in the army. But on the side, he also started up a Japanese pornography website called the Asian Bikini Bar. And from there, tacticaljerkoff.com. <laughs> the dot com boom brought Jim Watkins up very high. And of course, porn is probably the thing on the internet that makes the most money. And uh, he rode this money wave up with the dot com boom. I mean, honestly, if you took porn off the internet, I'd be like, what's this for? <laughs> there, there are other useful things on the internet. <laughs> yeah, like you. <laughs> I don't know, cooking websites? Hey. All right. Anyway, Ron... Yeah, good soundbite. You're welcome. (laughs) 
Ron Watkins heard about the trouble that Frederick Benin was having uh, keeping his website running and brought this to the attention of his father. Now, Jim Watkins, by this point, is living in the Philippines, uh, running web hosting services and things like this, because, of course, the Philippines has rather lax laws when it comes to hosting regulations of stuff. I mean, you could have left it at lax laws. Yeah. But anyway. this guy like runs in, he's like, Daddy, the Japanese porn stars, they're not getting fucked. <laughs> anyway, they reached an agreement with Mr. Brennan to bring him over to the Philippines uh, to basically take care of all his needs because Mr. Brennan had like uh, a um, a medical condition where he had these brittle bones, like his bones could break very easily. So he needed regular live-in medical care, basically. So they took care of all of his needs. Uh, they became sort of like majority owners in 8chan. Uh, Brennan went to live in the Philippines to work there as a moderator. And to get married to a 12-year-old. <laughs> I don't think he actually got married to a 12-year-old. Now, the thing about Mr. Brennan... It, well, we'll get to Mr. Brennan in a bit. Continue. Man, you swept that one out of there quick. You're like, no! Well, it, it's coming, right? It's coming, right? Uh, <laughs> okay, all right, I'm sorry. Well, no, not 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 the fact that he married a 12-year-old in the Philippines, but like there's a division there and I want to tell I want to talk about where Mr. Brennan has gone since like the, the guy ran 8chan, right? Like he, marrying a teenager in the Philippines would probably be the least of his crimes. I can't believe I'm saying that sentence. Yeah. But um so um guy sucks basically saying shut the fuck up let me get through this. So I'm going to let him go. <laughs> Uh, the point is, like, okay, we've talked about 8chan before. It is a hive of scum and villainy. It's a place where white supremacists meet to discuss what they do. It's a place where people exchange child pornography. Like, if you told me that he had gone on to marry a 12-year-old in the Philippines, I would be like, okay, along with all the other shit he's done, like, it's it's not surprising at all. Uh <laughs> Yeah. You've been like, seems old for him. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, uh, that, that's not what happened, but like, we'll get to Mr. Brennan in a bit. So anyway, they reached this sort of partnership. Now, they, this partnership was still ongoing when the Code Monkey fiasco. Now, Code Monkey, I mentioned this last time, where uh, Q was appealing to Code Monkey to give security to the 8chan board where he was posting. And this is probably where Code Monkey, which is the name of Ron Watkins, Jim Watkins' son, on the 8chan board, took over the account and basically hijacked it. Okay, so now the, the QAnon account, as far as I can tell, as far as people believe, is now in the possession of the Watkinses. Okay, and they start going whole hog on this because this is bringing a lot of traffic to 8chan. Bad publicity, good publicity, so on and so forth, right? Exactly. You're getting clicks. Yeah, precisely. So even though it's not the Facebook boomers who are going there directly, the people who reprocess this information, the grifters and the middle heap of the pile are all coming there. So this is generating traffic. This is generating revenue. At some point, Frederick Brennan thinks that Jim Watkins is going senile because he is saying, like, this QAnon stuff is bullshit. I can't believe you you buy into this, right? And he pulled several pranks. Eventually, Frederick Brennan just believes that these guys are crazy, and he quits and takes off. And he is now one of the biggest um, sort of mockers of this. Like, he's one of these biggest anti-Q people on the internet, always posting about uh, proof that the Watkins are behind it or that it's all a big grift. So, there was that split. I mean, if you're going senile, there's a good chance you're on HN. Or you're the President of the United States. <laughs> now, whether or not Jim Watkins was going senile or not, I don't know. The, the, the more likely of it all is that he realized how profitable... QAnon was to him and he just acted like he was buying into it fully I mean it's still possible he could be or he could be both but uh, I think that's what's happening yeah absolutely I mean people do it all the time Elon Musk fucking said he liked Dogecoin so he could pump it up <laughs> he doesn't think it's something he just wanted to make some money anything that sells <laughs> 
Now, the Watkins thoroughly deny that they are behind the QAnon account. They say that they do not know the identity of Q, and that Q is just a guy who posts on their forums. So, that gets rid of the accountability. <laughs> You're still letting it happen. They're still letting it happen. These people claim to be, like, true American patriots and all this other stuff. They have fully bought into all of this. Now, I'd like to bring it back to an argument I brought up last time. That QAnon's home, QAnon's home and QAnon's major supporters can all be found on 8chan, which is now kind of defunct. It, it was 8kun for a while, and now, as far as I know, the website isn't really active. But Q claims that there is a global, or at least his supporters do anyway, is that there's a pedophile ring globally of people torturing children and like keeping them in the basement of pizza restaurants and all this other stuff. But the main nexus of information from QAnon comes from this website that actively trades in child pornography and has neo-Nazis posting to each other. Well, I mean, they know what was going on, right? <laughs> like, oh, they're trafficking these. We love it. It's the most obvious contradiction ever. This is a grift. It's a money-making scheme. Even there, there used to be these apps that you could get for your phone that would be sort of an aggregator of Q posts. Anytime Q posted something, it would send it directly to this app on your phone so you could see what was recently posted and you could discuss it with other people about what it was. Those apps got taken down, especially since some of these people were declared to be grifters or declared to be actually in contact with Q. A lot of the people who relied on these apps, like the boomers or the people who don't understand the internet, decided to go to the source. You can find posts on Facebook, on Twitter, of people shocked going to 8chan to find out what a terrible place it was to try and get the Q information directly that they couldn't get because their app was down. Yeah, I mean, if you go to 8chan looking for information, uh, you are you're going to be very upset. Mm -hmm. um, you may find it, but it's going to be sandwiched between... It's not good. Don't even talk about what it could be sandwiched between. You probably shouldn't have yeah. even used the word sandwich. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually regret the, f the fucking phrase choice. Uh, don't do it. Now, I could go on with, like, different little tidbits of circumstantial evidence that the internet has put together about why the Watkins are behind it or why they might not be behind it. But the point I want to make is that this whole thing, this entire thing is a grift. I'm going to recommend another podcast uh, to some people here and the name of the podcast is called q clearance and this was done by a journalist um uh, his name is hanrahan i forget what his first name was but a british journalist who has compiled all the evidence behind who he thinks q is he does like a bigger investigation much better than i ever could as an actual journalist okay so i would encourage people to go and listen there i just want to point out the pyramid that exists here. The fact that all these people are getting people worked up just saying, trust the plan, funnel your resources to us, keep bringing traffic to us, keep bringing money to us. Anyone who goes outside of that system is a false flag. Trust the plan, keep going forward. You're all in a giant pyramid scheme. Yeah, 100%. And that is they the, would not be orchestrating this if it was not lucrative. Exactly. Period. The end. And there is something wrong with the world, but it's being perpetrated on you by the people who hold the money, who hold the power, and the people who funnel money into that power to keep themselves in the lifestyle that they deserve. There are people who abuse children. They exist. They're out there. I'm not saying that that isn't the case. There are people who are robbing from the, the social good, from, like, from us, from people. But they're pointing you in a direction where nothing's going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, if you see somebody on the street assaulting a child, go ahead, shoot them. Good job. High five. But it's not what they're making it to be. It, it simply isn't. 
uh, it, it's something um, to bring it to like investments and like stocks and stuff like that. When you read an article that somebody's like, "Oh, this stock's about to go off. You should buy it." They're not trying to do you a favor. They're trying to get you to buy it so it goes up and they get out. They're trying to make money off of it. This is loosely the same thing. They're trying to get you to donate to something that's fighting something that doesn't fucking exist. Exactly. Stop. Want to know what the next QAnon post could be about? Join our little Patreon. Send us some money. We'll talk about it. Right? It may not be like a sophisticated corporate operation, but they're at the top of the heap. You're at the bottom. You're willing to part with your money. They're willing to take it. Yeah. They're, I mean, they are just standing there and you are waiting to eat out of their hands. So if they're like, hey, two bucks, I'll give you a hot cue drop, and they get 50,000 people doing it, you know, boom. It's not for you. It's like the government in general right now. They're not fighting for you. Biscuit, what have we learned from this? Everything is terrible. Even you and me? I mean, I'm great, you. eh. Um, (laughs) But but this is something that, like, it should be a joke, but it's not. Uh, I am forgetting which one it was. One of the big three here. I mean, it might have been Fox, MSNBC, CNN. Um, One of them did a poll like a month ago. 10% of the people they polled in the Republican Party said they believed QAnon. And you think 10%, that's not a huge number. It's a huge number for something this fucking dumb. It's enough to get Marjorie Taylor Greene elected. Yeah, like, it... Yeah, exactly. It's enough. It's enough to get Laura Benner elected. It, and it needs to stop. It's not fucking true. None of it. And if tomorrow the entire Democratic Party was wiped out, who would you point your finger at then? I'd be given a thumbs up at this point. <laughs> With the Republicans totally in charge? <laughs> I mean, Nancy Pelosi, man, she's really fighting for us, huh? <laughs> If they were like, she's gone, I'd be like, all right. Uh, the point I was trying Unless, to make... Like, put a monkey in, the first first person that grabs the hand of to, like, steal the Lewis Black joke. Ask him, like, what do you want? As much as the Democrats fail to be in opposition to the Republicans, even if you eliminate them all tomorrow, you just start pointing fingers at each other because it wouldn't fix the situation. No, it'd be that Spider-Man meme that, you know, Spider-Man's pointing at Spider-Man. It would always be some other conspiracy just over that hill that we haven't addressed yet. Yeah, it will never be we're fucking up. It's, we were going to, but some bullshit conspiracy, we can't. Let's leave it at that then. Biscuit. Do we have anything to plug? Uh, no. All right. We are available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Apple Podcasts. BigBadNonsense at gmail.com if you want to email us. Twitter at BigBadNonsense. Just send us messages, people. I want to talk to you, and I'm so good at it. <laughs> it's been great to know that you've been listening, and see you in the next one. Bah! I don't know. I'll see if I can make you sound ridiculous in the in the edit. <laughs> you don't need much help.